are here with my friend and fabulous influencer, Sherry Freedy, She She Show. Hey, guys. We, every week, meet with incredible tastemakers. A lot of them are Texans, and this woman is a Texan, although she leaves part of her heart in Montrose, Colorado. She spent a lot of time there, but she's traveled the world, and we're going to dive into learning so much about her journey and how she reinvented herself. She's always loved fashion and style, but created this amazing Instagram account. 97,000 followers. O-M-G. But you have so much purpose and so much heart. And I love, you say that you love bright colors, the beach, decorating, pruning plants, hats, Barbies, gin martinis, my kind of girl, collecting jewelry, but also loves quail hunting, fishing, watching college football, and flying jet planes. Yes, this woman was a flight attendant, but also learned to fly jet planes. Sherry, where do we even start? You take it from here. Tell us. You want to tell the story? Yes, okay. tell the story. I come from a, my dad was a pilot. My uncle was a pilot, but I was oldest of three girls. Now we're talking about in the 60s and 70s. And um, I, I was always fashion, everything fashion and girly girl. But one side of my love was drawn to aviation, travel, and all that. So mm -hmm. uh, after I got hired by American Airlines in 1978, the next year I was still living in Chicago and we had an apartment full of flight attendants living together, but we needed another roommate. So we sent a note down to the Learning Center in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth mm -hmm. and put it on the flight attendant board because they were pumping out new flight attendants at that time a lot. Well, we get this call from a girl named Laura, and she said, I'm coming to Chicago. I'll be based there. I need a place to live. And we said, sure, come on. She asked us if we could pick her up at the airport, but she would have our car delivered later. So my other roommate, Mary Beth, and I said, sure, we'll come and pick you up. And we pulled up to the front of the airport, and she gave us a description of what she looked like. And she's holding a, a uniform in a plastic bag, and she's carrying a big black, uh, what I know and we know uh, back then as a flight kit. Um, it's where pilots carry all their charts. Now, of course, everything's digital, and you don't mm -hmm. have that, but it's called a kit bag. Mm -hmm. And so she comes up to the car, and she goes, hi. We said, Laura. She, so she hops in, and um, Mary Beth and I were like looking at each other with the uniform because it was obviously a pilot uniform. It had three stripes and that was before flight attendants were wearing any stripes on their uniforms. So anyway, um, I looked back at her. I said, so Laura, um, do you have a, did you meet a guy down at, you know, <laughs> at the flight academy that's a pilot? Uh, what's the, with the uniform? And she looked at us and she said, Oh, didn't I tell you that um, I'm a pilot? And I was like, oh, with Mary Beth and I looked at each other and we're like, oh my gosh, a pilot? She was the fourth woman pilot hired by American Airlines. The fourth. I had chills for that whole experience. I know. And so I lived with her and I was so envious. Uh, 
like I said, every day she would put on her uniform. I would see her paycheck. I'd be <laughs> slapping coffee in the back, and she, we're waiting on her in the front, you know. <laughs> so, you know, she just inside, I said, oh, I would love to learn to fly, but I couldn't believe that I could do it. I, I had that mentality that so many women, uh, men or women, get that uh, they can't peep over the the kettle or the pail. They they just don't see themselves doing it. And Laura was just inspired me. She says, you can do it. If I did it, you can do it. And she did it the civilian way. And she told me how she did it and what I would, how the, how it would look if I decided to do it. So I started, I took a few flying lessons then, but then I ditched it because I met a man and I moved to Texas and uh, long story short, fast forward, um, I got inspired to pick it back up because I really didn't want to be a flight attendant the rest of my life. I wanted to do something, you know, expand my horizons. So I started taking lessons again and I got all my ratings in two years and wow. um, knocked on doors at Hobby Airport, which is in Houston, and uh, got, you know, I was tall, willy, willowy, very valley girl-ish, and all these old codgers that that were chief uh, flight officers uh, for major oil companies, they, they loved it. They said, sure, you can hop a ride, and I can uh, log your logbook, and as long as we don't have passengers in the back. So I would fly to New Orleans. I go to places and fly these big old airplanes and log up my multi-engine time, and um, I became quite the ramp rat, <laughs> you know, that's what I call myself. So I went from fashion because I had modeled for years and it was like a whole different turn, you know, but I loved it because I, at Hobby Airport, I was only, there was one other female on the whole airport premises and she was a flight instructor, I think, at that time. So I was like one of the first um, females in 1988. Eight, I believe, to be hired by a private um, charter company corporately at Hobby Airport. So they flew through, they had a lot of airplanes on this, uh, jets and turboprops on their charter ticket, and they threw five manuals at me, jets and turboprops, and I had to learn them in a couple of weeks and go take check rides. In airplanes I'd never been in, I've only had 500 hours total time. It was crazy. But the good thing about it that I say about women is women have a feel for the air. We can just feel it. I could fly that jet and grease it on the runway so good, all, all just consistently. Where I fell short was that I had grown up playing Barbie dolls instead of under the hood of a car with my dad. So I never learned the basic mechanics of an engine or any kind of um, equipment. Just, I didn't understand just basic terminology of mechanics, like a, a flapper valve or um, a bus tie. What What is a bus tie? It has all to do with electrical. Um, fuel pumps, the, it, the list just goes. And that's where I struggled in the beginning and one day, um, one of my captains I flew with, he said, you know, I just figured it out. 
the length it's missing because you can fly this airplane. But what's going to happen if you lose this instrument, this instrument, you know, you, you're not connecting the dots. And once I, he said, you just don't understand. He asked me a couple of questions and I said, I don't know what a fuel pump is. And once I got the basics, every light switch went on and it changed my whole, um, then I became a safe pilot. And I think that's such a big part of everyone's journey in life is when the light goes off, when you get it. Rob is teaching our daughter Bella about cars and she helps him change the oil and she fixes microwaves when they go. But to learn the mechanics of something and Adam, our sound engineer, we could not do it without him. We were talking about this when I walked in today because he was telling us about all this new equipment he's doing. And I'm saying for me, I have a hard time with computers and electronics and I shy away from it but when you have a growth mindset you're open to going through the pain and I think that's what people forget so much during the journey is to get to success it always hurts at some part through it it's never easy you might make it look easy and I mean you make it look easy to be photographed as an influencer but we all know that's not easy like the moment the photos taken is glamorous but every moment up to that is so hard mm -hmm. so how did you go from pilot to influencer oh gosh well your store that was a big step yeah, in between i guess after i uh, met norman i met my husband flying he was yes. my passenger um and I gave up my career as a pilot. I have no regrets. I'm just so glad I did it. Yes. It, it's like a notch in your belt and no Absolutely. one can take that away. Mm -hmm. I went back to fashion. Um, I did shishi designs. I, re, I did recycle design. Um, then I opened my own store. When I retired from American, I kept my job with American for a long time and I could take an early out package and I got a little money. I used that to buy some property, an old historical building in Montrose, Colorado on Main Street and I renovated it and I opened Shishi Boutique in 2005. And so I spent um, a good time of several years doing that before I sold it in 2011. It just got really hard mm -hmm. living in Houston and traveling, going to five markets a year, making sure it's running. Fortunately, uh, digital you know, computers, I could get into my store through my computer and look at numbers every day when I was in Houston. So I knew I had a really good hand on, but I had great women that worked for me. Mm -hmm. I trusted them and I couldn't have done it without them and mm -hmm. never, ever question their honesty or integrity. Uh, they never didn't show up for work. If they did, they would replace themselves. That made my life really easy, but I needed to give it up. It was so hard. Again, glad I did it, but it's a time. It was time to pivot. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, that went on and I, that building that I remodeled was my baby. You have to go see it if you're ever in Montrose, Colorado, because it's, it's, it was built in 1980, um, let's see, 1980, uh, excuse me, thought that was off. It's okay. <laughs> 19, no, 
80. Okay. Well, it's 100 years old. Yeah, uh, 1894. Oh, wow. So it was a major, but I brought it. It had been changed over the years. I brought it back to its original turn-of-the-century facade and look. It's a beautiful store. Anyway, I remained the landlord until just about a month ago. And uh, the girl who bought my business is still thriving, even through all the ups and downs of the economy. And she was finally able to buy the building. And it's bittersweet. I shed a couple of tears, but I was ready. And um, now I'm really... And meanwhile, you asked me about influencing. That was just uh, kind of in between after I sold the business. Um, I did fine for a couple of years. I did some remodel projects, and then I got bored. And I just can't let gra the grass grow under my feet. And uh, so I didn't look for influencing. It was just not much. I didn't even know what it was. And uh, between Christmas and New Year's in, 19, uh, in, in 2013, the end of the year, beginning 2014, I cornered, who do you corner? Your grandson that's 18 years old to ask him a few questions about social media. And, and I said, Carson, and I knew he knew a lot about, he was really in the know. And I said, I'm gonna ask you some questions, but please don't laugh, please don't laugh at me. <laughs> and uh, he said, well, what is it, Shishi? And I said, well, what is a hashtag? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody out there can relate? <laughs> exactly. So he said, Shishi. And I said, I know. I think I know what it is. But So he explained. And I said, okay, I got it. So I have another question. I said, so what's this YouTube stuff? And he goes, oh, Shishi, you've never seen a YouTube? You haven't watched YouTube at all? And I said, nope. And he said, it would be so good for you. You can research, you can do all kinds of things. So he showed me a young influencer, a beauty influencer, and pulled her up. And here, I come from a background of when I modeled in the 80s, some television and voice on camera. And um, so I'm thinking YouTube is this highly stylized, you know, very professional program you'll watch on YouTube. So he pulls her up, she's got a million followers, and I'm like, what? That, that is the hokiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yes. In her bedroom? And, and I said, oh my gosh. So my thought, I mean, my mind was just going 50,000 miles an hour. I said, man, if she can do that, I can do it, and I can do it better. And Carson's like, okay, well, let's name your business. Let's name your YouTube show. And let's shoot a little uh, intro to it tomorrow. And by George, we did. And I did my first YouTube. And I don't do, I'll just say, that's not what I stayed with. I kind of wished I had it, but mm -hmm. um, I still have that platform. I'm just not on it as much. But my first one was on New Year's Eve of 2013 and the next day, 2014. And I started there. Then it went. Then I discovered Instagram in April or May because I got to go over to Kendra Scott's studio in Austin. And one of the designers there, we had lunch after. She let me, she took me on the tour. I did my YouTube things. Highly, still one of my highest, wow. you know, was, was my very first one, actually, or one of my first ones. And she just told me, she goes, um, why aren't you doing Instagram? And Instagram was only a couple of years old at the time, maybe just very new then. 
And then she told me about Reward Style, which was brand new, which yes. is a... And you an, were cutting, you were there in the beginning. Yes. When it was really hard to get on with Yes. Them. I mean, it took me five months. I had to, you know, post three or four days a week on my mm-hmm. blog. I had to post every day on Instagram. And, you know, now you just sign up and they'll take you. I mean, it's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. But they've gone through a lot of growth. And anyway, long story short... I've, I've just, I had no one to connect with in Houston. There was no midlife, inf- with the, there was no such thing as midlife influencer. There was a handful of girls, and I asked my reward style rep who I could reach out to. She gave me a couple of names. She's still my, one of my very good friends. I'll give a Kathy Williamson of the Middle Page blog a big shout out because I love that girl, and she was just recovering from breast cancer when I'm met her and she's stomped it out and living a the good the authentic life and um, I'll have to give her a big shout out because she really encouraged me and led me in some nice direction and then from there now the midlife influencer category is the fastest growing category age-wise out there they're coming all the empty nesters are coming out of the woodwork saying yes I have something to talk about I have I love fashion. You know, it's it's amazing. And it doesn't have to be luxury. And I am certainly, people know about me, I hope, is that I'm a high-low girl. Like, I love going to Target and getting a T-shirt and mixing it with an Hermes crossbody and looking uh, yes. fabulous. Me too. But um, I, I just keep hearing this in your process is that you really had people that mentored you and told you you could do it. And I think there's so much Mm -hmm. truth to this Mm -hmm. journey is Mm -hmm. everyone that I've talked to that finds success has really had someone that's kind of boosted them along. And I highly recommend that Mm -hmm. is you surround yourself Mm -hmm. with people who want you to succeed and try to tune out those who are telling you negative things because Mm -hmm. so much of who we are, we become who we're around and we're not thinking about that Mm -hmm. all the time. Your husband was so supportive of you, too. Sweet Norman, he is absolutely adorable. But I'm sure he's like, what are you doing today, Sherry? Certainly Rob was giving me a few eye rolls. But you have to stick with it, and when you know that you believe Mm -hmm. in it. And the other thing, I think, is there's so much noise out there that what I love about you and why I wanted to interview you is you are so authentic, is you only really promote things that you really believe in, and you only wear things that you would truly want to work with and that's hard too because I feel like we've evolved to this place that and there you you are under a microscope as an influencer you're going to get positive and negative that's the hard part when you grow is you have to be willing to take it all Mm -hmm. but you've done such an incredible job with that and you welcome so much feedback Talk to us about some of your favorite collaborations, maybe some of the hardest ones. But um, you do everything from travel to beauty to fashion. So share some of the things that you're doing now. Well, you know, um, at 65, fashion is is everything to me. Mm -hmm. And will be till the day I 
I check out of this world. I mean, I, I think on my website, it's like I came out of the womb with earrings on and I will die with my earrings on. But as an influencer and you age, you go through different journeys in your mm -hmm. life. Um, I'm having a very successful time right now because the brands in the health and wellness and mm -hmm. anti-aging industry mm -hmm. are honing in on my age group. Mm -hmm. Number one, we have the uh, pocket power. We were mostly empty nesters. We've yes. got more expendable income. Um, and we're going through things in life that they, that their products can help. And there's more research going into, because um, we're living longer. Um, there's a lot more research going in t into uh, nutraceuticals that help with skin and collagen, mm -hmm. with uh, hair, all kinds of the red light that can help hair growth, that can change the collagen. The, the research is there. So um, I could keep going on and on about everything we go through, starting at perimenopause all the way till you know, late in life the changes your bodies um, will go through. And so these brands are recognizing us. So I do a lot of health and wellness, a lot of skincare, anti-aging. And um, and I just posted, oh, can I say the word? You can, the, yes. Vaginal dryness. Yes, when you told morning. me that. Yeah. And I've had so many women go, oh, thank you. Already just some um, note like DMs. Thank you for sharing that because I, nobody told me. My mama didn't tell me about all that. No, and, so many things were taboo, and you don't talk about it. Yes. But it's a journey as women, mm -hmm. and there is an intimacy, I think, that you can have with your followers. And I feel like mm -hmm. they really trust and believe in you because you're not going to just throw something out there that doesn't work. And you... And you can address these things that you can age gracefully. And I think it's so good to see women aging gracefully and beautifully as you are. Mm -hmm. And you are so com committed, connected to the community. You've done so much to give back, certainly through uh, your family business, uh, Freedy Chevrolet, and then also through what you do with charity. I mean, I've met you through charity. Mm -hmm. We've been to so many fashion shows. Tell us about what you did yesterday, because I love Recipe for Success. Yes, exactly. So um, I love talking about Recipe for Success. Recipe for Success is founded by Gracie Kavanaugh here in Houston. And it started with, um, she wanted to teach underprivileged uh, children the value of eating right and good health. Well, a lot of kids, you know, in any age, any socioeconomic background, kids are funnier about their foods. But yes. she wanted to make sure that they had the opportunity to mm -hmm. know and make it interesting and delicious. Mm -hmm. So um, that started and she got it, the programs in the schools. Then they bought through fundraising the the organization bought the farm south of Houston, which is called Hope Farms. Then um, I've been on four years now, and since then we've added electricity, which just happened this year, which was a huge ordeal because it's very costly. And we built a barn, an open-air barn that's so cool where we can host events. Now, there, um, of course, COVID has derailed a lot of plans, but it's a gorgeous venue to host a wedding, 
a celebration of any kind, parties. Uh, you, they, um, they've got tons of chefs on board, top chefs in Houston that are part of, uh, that partner with Recipe for Success. And so many um, things that you could do, you know, as, oh, they've got the farm share, which is incredible. And then we have the veterans uh, program where the veterans come in and they're teaching them how to do a farm, um, all the things that go with that. So it's more than just educating young children. It's, it's now going beyond. I can, you can do a farm share and get all these wonderful vegetables sent to your house uh, once a month, they'll deliver it. You could share it amongst, eat it all yourself or share it amongst your neighbors or your family. Um, and I how love, do they access that? Is it through the website? Yes, and it's called Recipe for the number four success.org, I believe. I believe that's right. Recipe okay. for success. Um, on Instagram, it's RFR4S, I believe. Recipe. Oh gosh, now you're at it's okay. all these. We can find it. Yeah. You anyway, yes. yes. You can, and there's recipes on there. They do live. Um, chefs get on there and do a live recipe. We have the events. So yesterday, we hosted. We needed to raise some money. Um, so Leela Rose, who is the Rose, the Texas Rose. I mean, she is born and raised in Dallas, but she's been in New York for 20 years, designing a fabulous feminine colorful line of upscale clothing and she couldn't come but we zoomed her in on a huge screen and we uh, had 50 women who paid for a styling event in partnership with Tootsie's and um, so the idea was it, it was just all tied in that will carry through to next year so it was just a fabulous it was a little hot and muggy I wasn't loving that but it was so beautiful the farm is beautiful it is you've invited me to go as your guest in the past and it's such a great mm -hmm. experience to yeah. be there and to sort of go back to your roots and I think mm -hmm. that's the thing with being Texas women is when you say you like quail hunting and fishing and all that we're not just all about the glam. We are about, like, really, the, we come from an agricultural community. And uh, my grandparents actually moved to Bryan College Station. They're Sicilian immigrants because farming in Bryan College Station was very similar to farming in Sicily. So, so many Italian immigrants moved there, although my grandfather was a shoe cobbler, and he heard there was a place where military guys were going to school and there would be boots there. So that was another reason. But long story, so much of Houston, so much of Texas is about agriculture. And I love that we can have these farms. Last night I went to an event. Monica Pope actually did a cooking um, event for us. And she works with these great organic foods. Um, she's working with a clinic called the... Sydenham Clinic, give them a shout out, and they are about this holistic approach to living life and longevity. And again, that goes back to what you're saying, being beautiful is not just about the clothes you wear. It's about how we take care of our skin, how we eat, how we interact with other people. 
And it's such a big part of the, the journey for all of us. Uh, so tell us more about some of the other, are you doing other things in the medical field? Are you um, working or health and beauty is about? Yeah, uh, as far as influencing? Yes. Well, I just did a great, I just posted this week on lip filler. And I'm so glad you're talking about that because I <laughs> love the idea of lip filler, but I'm afraid I'm going to look like those crazy ladies with the two poofed up lips. Well, that's easy if you have a good injector. I've, yes. I've learned a lot, and uh, I, the new the new lip filler by Restylin uh, is what I had, and I have it on my blog. It's uh, shishishow.com, and it's called, um, I think I did a blog post. Yes, I did a full blog post. I think I said, uh, I don't even remember. It's one of my most recent. It okay. was early this week. And um, I went to an injector in Houston that mm -hmm. was recommended by Galderma, who makes wrestling, who makes the product KISS, K-Y-S-S-E. So it was about having kissable lips, spelled K-Y-S-S-E -S -S -E instead of K-I-S-S. -S. I love that. And, and your lips look really yeah, they're, natural. They're full. I had it. I went back mm -hmm. for more, actually, because I liked it. And I wouldn't do any more than what I've got. But it, it does give you mm -hmm. color in your lips. Um, this product, it really puts back, because as you age, you lose that pinkish, do, yes. pretty color in your lips, some, that youthful pink and it does give you some color back. It fills in the tiny fine lines and wrinkles. Mm -hmm. And I would never do, and if a good injector will never do more than, um, they'll, they'll do up to a limit, but they will recommend if they think your lips can't handle it. Um, I use Brie Collins at uh, Aesthetics. Oh gosh, I can't think of her, the name of her. Brie Collins here in Houston. You can Google it and find it. Mm -hmm. She actually is a trainer for Galderma. So uh, she was awesome. She gets it. And um, so I, I only did a half of Surrender filler. Mm -hmm. And then I got home and I was like, you know, so we went back for another half. And, you know, they were a little full, but they it lasts a year, this product does. Um, so I would recommend a half a, a, a product, whatever they call it, a half a syringe, up to one. I would never go over that. I think that's when you get into the mm -hmm. whole um, fake lip look. And yes. if you've already got full lips, you don't need a whole lot more. Uh, mine were average. But if you've got really thin lips, you got to be careful too, because then if you've got a small upper lip and then you put in a, a over a syringe of the filler, then I think you get, can go wonky with it. But that's all a personal opinion. Uh, yes, and we've hosted Dr. Yalamanchili on our podcast, and he actually has me on a microderm abrasion regimen which also helps with the fine lines here. And then yes. I'll be doing old therapy in a couple of weeks. Ooh. So I'm going to be sharing with you guys. So That's it's good. a lot about the mm -hmm. collagen. And mm -hmm. so you're not going under the knife yet. You're just doing things that can keep your skin looking fresh and keep you looking young. Right. Because so much of it is just looking rested, I think, as mm -hmm. opposed to looking. His philosophy is we want you to look like the best you, mm -hmm. not look like someone else. Right. 
And so I think that's, and that goes back to authenticity. So let's talk a little bit about authenticity. Mm -hmm. You have, in your experience, met so many different people. So what kind of, how do you, when you meet people, like you were talking about Francesca earlier, your assistant, how much you trust her, the women that you, uh, the woman you sold the business to in Montrose, I think it's hard for people to be in collaboration with other people and know who they can trust. Mm. It's such a difficult, can you give us some of the things that you look for or what your gut feeling is? You know, that's a tough one. I think, first of all, just being a wreck, you know, I don't know. That's a really tough one. Uh, being married to Norman has put me in a place um, because I'm, I come from a, you know, middle class America, and Norman, it, his status in the, our area in Clear Lake, being a Chevrolet dealer, he's kind of a celebrity in he a, is, in a way. Yes. and he's a big personality too. He is darling. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yeah, he's a handful. Um, so being his wife, and I'm, I was 20 years younger when we married. You know, 28 years ago, and. I had to, I, I was so naive, because I'm just a good old East Tennessee girl, and but people already preconceived me to be a certain way, mm-hmm. because I was Sherry Frady, and I've had so many times, uh, after I've gotten to know someone, they go, oh, you're really nice, <laughs> and I was like, well, what, what, how else would I be, and um even Francesca said yesterday, she goes, it's funny how women look at you, you know, what you're wearing, and 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 they don't even really know you mm-hmm. because I'm, I I look preconceived. I'm, you know, I, I they, there's a label. I don't know. You just have to not pre-label someone until you get to know them and meet them. So as far as finding uh, people you can trust, I've just been lucky. So I'm not so letting there's been times um, through my life that, you know, it didn't work out, but not due to trust or anything. It just wasn't a good fit. And I don't know how you find them. I think you, it's just you've got to put it out there. you got to be looking, asking. Um, I would say, Danae, I love your assistant. If she's got any free time, you know, I could use a few hours a week, you know. Mm-hmm. That's how I kind of network around and then you try them and it's either a good fit or it isn't and you always say we're going to try this for two or three months and we're going to see how we fit and there will be no hard feelings if it doesn't because if it doesn't fit it just doesn't fit but Francesca has been a gift and she is um, just she is starving for mentorship and I, w- I don't want to, I'm not her mom. I would never try to be her mother. But um, if I can offer her any guidance through um, my mistakes and my journey to help her if she's open to listening. And so far, she has just been like a sponge. So, you know, I've been very blessed there. But as far as looking for the right people, I've just it's just been a blessing that I've had so many great people in my life. And the, there's this a preconceived notion 
that women in fashion are catty and we're all cat fighting each other. But what I found is so many influencers I've met are really good friends with one another. Oh, yeah. And you've collaborated with a few of your girlfriends. Tell us about your pre-COVID trip to Italy because we were trying to meet when I was in Italy and we never connected. But you've done some amazing things with other influencers. I think you just posted some a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. when you were in Montrose. Yes. Tell us about some of those ladies. Oh, yeah. Well, my bestie is um, Shauna Grow of Chic Over 50. And um, we've known each other four or five years now, um, Mm -hmm. early on in both of our careers. And um, I just really wanted to try. I wanted to pursue a travel vertical and so I reached out to her first and we started talking on Instagram just through direct messages and then we met up for an event in LA and we just hit it off I mean she's petite and I'm tall we're like we're such the yin and the yang we are the definitely the yin and the yang um and then uh we had a trip to Canyon Ranch Spa that we were able to put together together and then another girl came into the fold that wanted to do something in uh, New Mexico Jamie of more turquoise she is um, so we went there as a trio and then that trio went on to do last year five or six other travel gigs one was to Italy which our major sponsor was Chico's and that was amazing we also tied in um, a trip to Brunello Cuccinelli's compound wow. and uh, factory in near Assisi, and um, oh my gosh, that was that was amazing! Just an amazing experience. We did not get to meet him. We missed him like by fifteen minutes. Oh no! I know they say, but I learned so much about that design. That could be a whole nother subject matter one day because what he has done for his he took an old like hill that used to be a little town with the cathedral like you imagine in Italy they're all kind of going away because the young people don't they want to move to where they can get better jobs the old days of the quaint towns they're deserted so he bought part of the the hill and the cathedral and turned it into his um where his crafts where his tailoring is and he has a tailoring school then he built more um, and then he pretty much bought the whole place and now he employs now down in the valley is his big factory that you can overlook up there down low and now he employs the whole uh, like hundreds and hundreds of people families together they eat together they have a big mess hall they have family style he gives them they can sign up for the meal program where they can eat every day they take two hour lunches <laughs> live in la dolce vita yeah. i've been reading about that and really the italian way of life is so beautiful we had the opportunity my dad turned 80 and we went to sicily last year in uh the end of october and we were so blessed to go to the actually where my grandparents immigrated from outside of palermo and see that community and it's very much a different way of life Mm -hmm. and they do they it's the sweet life it's Mm -hmm. embracing time and Mm -hmm. i would say as much as i miss travel i find that 
it's forced us to get more into our families and our time together with those in our inner circle. And I feel like the Italians do that mm-hmm. Absolutely. so well. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. You know, lessons learned. You have to turn those, those, um, what do you Lemons into lemonade. Yeah. Because, true, I've just did two blog posts on RV travel. Yes! And then one on glamping. They want to see you, not me. Oh, okay. I'll talk to them. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, you would be the perfect glamper girlfriend. Oh, I love glamping. <laughs> it's got to be my, it's got to have all the whistles and the bells, but I love glamping. I'm an outdoor girl. I love to fish, and I love to hike and hunt quail, and I I just love the great outdoors. I, I talk about it a lot. And I guess that's my Tennessee upbringing. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Anyway, so back to we're, the way we connect is changing. Uh, yes, we miss our travel. But, oh, my gosh, there's so many ways that we can still see our country mm-hmm. um, and be connect, reconnect with um, on a smaller, a more intimate um, way and be able to still blow and go. So what is going to be your first trip or ha- you have, you've taken trips during yeah, COVID. We haven't after since May, even though we shouldn't, but I felt very, we've had 12 round trip, no 12 one ways, six round trips since May. And we have been very careful. Um, and I have felt so safe on the airplane. So if you're out there and you're wondering whether you could should take that trip, I'm not going to be tell you to do it. I certainly think staying at home and in you know is the safest way. But I'm going to continue to live my life. I'm going to live it as um, laid out for me to stay safe. So you know it's the hands. And but the airlines have got it. You just got to wear your mask. Wash. Um, I tell Norman to try not to use the bathrooms unless you have to. Um, but double, even if you can put an extra little protection between your mask in some of those enclosed areas where it's more public, like bathrooms and stuff. Outside of that, I have felt really safe. And so far, praise God, we have stayed healthy. And um, I... I just think we've got to live our lives, and but live it cautiously and uh, as what the world is giving us, we've just got to deal with that. That's our new, it's going to be around for a while, for sure. Absolutely. I took my first flight to Miami and Rob, um, and that was a few weekends ago. And I have to say, I felt very safe on the plane. Yeah. I was, again, cautious and careful. I've read more statistics that say that And I don't know that this is true, but so I'm repeating what somebody told me. But you're as likely to be in a plane crash as you are to get COVID on a plane. It is not a very, it is, they're doing a lot more to purify things on planes. Oh, yeah, it's safe. And so, um, and uh, Rob did his first uh, flight to go on a show. He traveled 200 days a year. I traveled 100 days a year. So it's completely changed the way we manage our business. Mm-hmm. We um, now are buying off of chat groups with people we know as opposed to flying to shows. So I think business may be changed 
and socializing may change in the way that we've done it, but maybe we'll all appreciate the journey more mm -hmm. and appreciate, I know once Bella goes back to school without the mask and the plexiglass, she might even like school <laughs> yeah. and not complain so much, but now I think kids just feel lucky to be able to go and be there. Mm -hmm. So it's really about perspective and you always look at things with the glass half full you talk a little bit about your faith on your website. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that part of your journey. Well, yeah, nothing works without God in my life. Um, I'm not, I could always be better at including God on my daily journey, but he is definitely in my mind set always. And I know that everything I have, everything I have done is a gift you know, he's. I've had roadblocks, and there's many times I've wondered, well, why am I not like that and that? And why does, God, why? You know, I'm working so hard at this. But you know what? I find later he's funneled me down another road. He and, has a plan. Yes. And we have to surrender to his plan. Exactly. And that road is always better than the road that I, I thought was better. Choose. Absolutely. So, yes, God is everything. And I'm not afraid to talk about God. Um, I encourage you to pursue him if you don't have a relationship with, you know, the Lord. I, I couldn't. And I've got Francesca. One of my favorite daily devotionals. It's very famous. A lot of people read it as Jesus Calling. I've been mm -hmm. reading it for years. I've read it over and over and over. I, I get something out of it every time I read it. And um, it's just reminders. It's pretty much the same story every day. It's just said differently. Mm -hmm. Walk with me and I will carry you through. You know, trust in me. So, yeah. I love that. I just started a Bible study with girlfriends, and it's really helping me because I feel like I'm this similar to you is that I still am weak. I was blessed to be born into a Christian Catholic family, mm -hmm. so I was given that exposure where so many people aren't. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying my way is right. I'm just saying that I have faith, and this is my belief, yeah. and this has helped me through the hard times. Yeah. And... Um, I, I find that that support from friends, it's like everything that's success in life comes from support. And I feel like having friends that can support you through that journey. So um, I do have to admit, I'm a little bit like Brene Brown. I'm a cussing evangelist. So <laughs> I'm not always perfect in my journey, but I'm trying hard. Yeah. And I, think, I feel like um, that we all... Um, can look at that journey and then kind of just surrender to his word. So, yeah. well, thank you so much. You're beautiful. Welcome. We are reaching our end of our time together, but can I tell you one thing? Yes, ma'am. And I haven't had a chance to talk about it. I've got a surprise. I'm moving into a, a kind of staying where I am as an influencer, but I'm branding and I'm starting my first lipstick line called Shishi Beauty. Yes. You're the first to know. I'm so excited yeah. you decided to announce it on our show. I know. I'm, it's just all still early on, and we'll see where it goes. I'm starting with just lipsticks. I, I don't even know. I'm taking it one day at a time, but it's something I've always wanted to do, and there's no better time than now, right? Absolutely. I love you, Danae. 
I love oh, you too. Thanks sweet for Sherry. having me. Yes. Thanks so much. All right. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you next week on Living the Authentic Life.